welcome back to the Geeks at the Gate. I am sorry, we have been gone for so long. It's because, it turns out, the logistics of getting at least three geeks in the same room at the same time with a microphone and a thing to record the thing on is really hard. Um, everyone has lives, which is inconsiderate of them, but there you are. Uh, I think we may be able to schedule things now so that it all goes smoothly and we're moderately weekly from now on. Steve's doing a really good job in the corner of stifling his sneeze. I could always edit it out, Steve. No, I'm good. As, do you know what? I was going to go ladies first, but actually, since we've mentioned him, uh, I am joined this evening by Steve. Good evening. Hello. And Alice. Hello. And Helen. Hello. Um, and... Little late to the party, possibly. We did all see Endgame the instant it came out. Uh, but then I went to Scotland for two weeks, and uh, so we didn't have a chance to talk about it. But that means that everybody who wants to see Endgame, spoiler-free, must surely to God have seen it by now, which means we can just talk about it with the gloves off. Just in case anybody can't take a hint as subtle as that, here's the spoiler horn! <laughs> Spoilers! Uh, spoilers! So, you've been warned. We're not doing that again. Spoilers throughout for Endgame. When you say gloves off, you mean gauntlet off. How did I miss that reference? That was very good. Thank you. I didn't even hear what you said. I wasn't listening, so that's probably not a good thing. Thanks. You've been married a long time, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was hilarious, darling. <laughs> so, yeah, Endgame. Uh, oh, also, spoilers for every other Marvel movie there's ever been, because... I don't think there's any way of talking about Endgame without talking about all the rest of them. Oh, including non-MCU Marvel movies as well. I'm sure I can easily talk about the 90s Captain America if you want. Please don't talk about the 90s Captain America. Don't ever I'm, mention Howard the Duck in this house. I'm happy, to talk, I'm happy to talk about Howard that shall not be named. No. Um, but Helen doesn't want me to, so I, can't I shall. I can't stand it. I can't. Really? He says I'm not allowed to like Independence Day, and yet you like Howard the Duck. I'm not, I've never said you're not allowed to like it. I've Civil said, War. I've said Independence Day is a big pile of crap. You know how I said you two have been married for a long time? <laughs> you really shows. This is the podcast now, isn't it? <laughs> just no, this is your own podcast. You can do that on your own, guys. Howard the Duck is, is terrible, so yeah. I can't support either argument. The few clips I've seen of how the duck is uh, I'm just uh, disturbed by the interspecies. Oh yeah, the <laughs> girls against Howard. That's <laughs> about to be a thing. I do, for me, I, I don't agree with either of you. I think Independence Day, or, or I agree with both of you, depending on whether we're going positive or negative here. Because Independence Day is brilliant. Clearly it's brilliant. I mean, it's terrible, but it's brilliant. Yeah, it's awful. It's not original and it's... Silly. But it's, it's, it's big, it's big budget, brainless sci-fi, and there's, yeah. there's a place for that. And it's very good big budget, brainless sci-fi. No. Whereas Howard the Duck is also brilliant. Yes. It's bloody awful. Yes. I mean, it's the worst duck suit in history. <gasps> um, How dare it you? Does have, it does have Lee Thompson in it, and... That can never be bad. It does have Lee Thompson having sex with a duck, which is, I will grant you, problematic. But it, it was the 80s. I'm fighting the urge which, to vomit in my mouth. <laughs> it was the 80s, a decade I remember better than anybody else it in the It was a time when no one could say no to George Lucas, yeah. and therefore they made Howard the Duck. And trust, and trust me, weirder, more disturbing things happened in mainstream films in the 80s. Yes. I, re I remember them. So, well, Howard the Duck does make a small cameo in Endgame as well. Very different Howard, though. Very different Howard. Oh, so that, he's at the end of Guardians. He's a, he's a much more, he's a much more um, true to Steve Gerber's vision of Howard. Howard. 
Uh, I bet Steve Gerber didn't get paid any money for it. No. Right, um, can we stop talking about how the duck now? Yeah, we can. Continue. Uh, although, actually, since I've just pointed out that I bet Steve Gerber didn't get paid any money, I'm going to get this out of the way right at the top, because uh, it's not really relevant to anything, but I'm cross about it. One of the things, I think we can agree, one of the fan favourite characters in Guardians of the Galaxy, Infinity War and Endgame, is Rocket, yes? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I particularly love the line when he meets Tony for the first time. Until 30 seconds ago, I thought you were a Bilderberg. <laughs> Bill Mantlo created Rocket Raccoon under the standard Marvel contract of the day, which meant he got no money for it, and is not legally entitled to any. Bill Mantlo's brother, who is now Bill Mantlo's full-time carer, because Bill Mantlo is extremely ill and has been for many, many years, has had to put up a GoFundMe page to try and cover Bill Mantlo's medical bills. And when a film in which Bill Mantlo's character is a major feature makes $1.2 billion in a weekend, that seems wrong with me. It doesn't sit well. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to throw that out there just to put a, you know, put everyone on a downer right at the start. But you'll um, also put a link to the GoFundMe as well. I, I will obviously be putting a link yeah. to the GoFundMe in the show. Yes. Because I'm not a monster. The guy that plays Rocket, what's his name? Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Should send a link to him. Yeah. Hey, this character that you I might tweet at him. Yeah. I might tweet at him and he'll go, who the hell are you? So, yeah. Bill Mantlo is by no means the only artist that that's happened to. I mean... Not a particular dig at Marvel. That is the way things were done. Siegel and Schuster were treated equally shabbily. Weirdly, Bob Kane wasn't. Yeah, but and we've, he, we've, we've done the whole Bob Kane And he before. didn't deserve it. Well, this is not a direction I was expecting to go. No, Helen's, Helen's, Helen's scowling at me now. I'm not scowling at me. In, in, in moderate concern. <laughs> She's quietly going, wasn't this an endgame one? <laughs> yeah. Although you haven't told me to stay on target yet, Steve. No. So you are sl- slacking. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, endgame. Um, shall we just... It. Yeah, shall we just first impressions first of all? One word, portals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get to that a bit later. Uh, I I came up with I think three words. It was um, it was epic and complex and awesome. Can go with those. Mm. It nailed the landing. I think everyone was so worried. It, how do you follow Infinity War? Well, everyone had their own ideas where it was gonna go. Some of those were correct, some of them wasn't. There'd been this talk about, it's going to be the Back to the Future Part 2 of Avengers movies. Yes. And it was, but not to the extent I was expecting it to be, but I'm glad it didn't go to that. It extent. was, it was and it wasn't, and it it had, it, it was self-aware enough to acknowledge that yeah. by referencing Back to the Future 2. Yes, and, and <laughs> loads of other amazing yeah. time travel movies. Including um, Hot, Tub Ta- Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. Isn't Jeremy Renner in that? No, he's no. not. Bucky, the guy that's Bucky. Bucky. No, yeah, that's right. Bucky is, Sebastian yeah. Stan's in so that. Sebastian yeah. Stan, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know the actor's name. However, actually. who plays the big Lebowski in the MCU? Because it's Jeff Bridges. But Jeff Bridges is clearly Obadiah Stane. Oh, God, don't so get Netta. What? No. 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 Shall, shall we just <laughs> stay oh, on so target, What did Steve? you think of Andrew? <laughs> I thought it was great. Um... I'm going to go with a very unpopular opinion here and say I preferred Infinity War, but... Get out! It's kind of one big film, isn't it? It is two halves. It's hard to say that. (laughs) It it is one big film, but it's very much a film with two halves. Yeah. Yeah, because Infinity War is very much the Thanos movie, and Endgame is very much the Avengers movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, I think... If I was going to do first impressions, I would slightly steal off Steve, because they certainly stuck the landing. 
but I'm gonna quote Deadpool. Woo! Superhero landing! Because <laughs> it was, and, and it was also immensely satisfying. Yes. Yeah. And that I wasn't left thinking, yeah, but what happens to, and why didn't so-and-so do that? Everything's tied up in a nice little boat. I know we've got Homecoming still to come, which is technically part of that block of Marvel movies, but this has... Do you mean Far From Home? I do indeed. <laughs> Thank you. But what, what Endgame has done is tie the whole thing up. It's, it's tied a beautiful up. Beautiful boat. Eleven years and twenty-one films ahead of it. So yeah. yeah, it's done an amazing job. And the fact that they've referenced in even little nods to the less successful, because everyone, yeah. I've I've been reading tons and tons of stuff about it, and everyone was saying in the build-up, which of the movies that I need to make sure that I watch before I see Endgame, and everyone's been going, well, actually all of them. However, the ones I think that probably the most important. I think all the Avengers movies you need to have make sure you've seen. Yeah. You need to make sure you've seen First Avenger. Yeah. The first Captain America. The first Iron Man film. Yep. Um, the second Thor film suddenly, which has always been one that people are going to go, ah, oh, it's a bit Hasn't it suddenly is now one of the important It's made Thor the Dark World worth watching. Yeah. yeah. I, I've always said that one of my, not least favourite, because I still like it, but the one that you could sort of dip in and out of was Age of Ultron. Because I always thought, as, as the Avengers movie, it was good, but it wasn't great. But now it's really important. Well, I think as well, Age of Ultron was obviously a lot of the build-up into mm. Marvel's phase And it was the introduction of the Infinity Phase Stone. 3, so it was just kind of yeah. like, yeah. hey, this is where we're going now. I love it, though. Yeah. And James Spade is amazing. Because... Is that who it is? Ultron, yeah. yeah. Nailed that one, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think you need to have seen all of them. And I think the more of them you see the better it works, because even things like little one-lines come back, especially from Winter Soldier. Yeah, I think, Joe, you know, on, on your left. Oh, my gosh. I, 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 I think we'll come back to, we'll come back to the fan service yes. and yeah. stuff it was, it was proper fan service. So, but, yeah. but it was done well. Sometimes fan service yeah. is done poorly. Everything in this was done well. And I think because it's been the same writers from those films as well, they were referencing themselves, mm. which in a way, a little bit self-indulgent, but I think they did it in a way that they they knew what the fans liked, so therefore they picked those moments well enough. I did, I did like, like so many Marvel movies, made by fans. Mm. These people actually you like the characters. Had they you, like the Had movies. you seen, it was before the release, the footage of the of Infinity War, they showed a little behind-the-scenes teaser of, I think, day one of shooting on Infinity War. So you had Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, and they're surrounded by green screens and everything's kind of blurred out so you can't see what there is. And then it cuts to a production office, and they've got a copy of the Infinity Gauntlet comic book, the hardcover, covered in little post-it notes and yeah. tabs and stuff like that, because it shows that they're using the original yeah. material mm. as the source. Because it's easy and to watch other movies, like, like X-Men 3 and things like that, and you watch them and go, this isn't made by fans. These people don't give a shit about these characters. Mm. It always comes back to me with Halle Berry. Because she, <laughs> there was an interview with Halle Berry, and she gives, oh, well, Storm, you know, uh, was bullied at school, and that's how she found out she had powers. And you go, bitch, you've not read the comics. You've not even read about this character. And she clearly... And you can tell. You can tell when it's made by fans, and, and the yeah. actors are fans, and they've actually looked into the characters they're playing, and... And like yeah. Gina Torres, who said if she'd been cast, she'd have won the Mohawk. Yeah, she would have. She would have been amazing. So yeah, it's... it's I would have liked her as Storm. I would have liked her as anything. But she's not in Endgame. So, staying on target. Thank you. Um, we've... I don't know. I, I think probably the, the way we do this is we talk our way through from the beginning to the end. Uh, probably a little bit out of sequence because we've all got dodgy memories. And certainly when I saw it, I've only seen it once. And when I saw it, it was three in the morning and we you know 
we can bring in bring up other Marvel movies as we go. I can go through the whole plot of it, but there's another podcast that have just done an event, Avengers Endgame Spoiler Special, where literally the first five minutes is one person recounts the whole movie in pretty much one breath. But I'm so I'm not. Gonna, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put a link to that in the show notes and no. save ourselves a problem. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Basically, um, but we start because it was not the beginning I was expecting. In that we we pick it up pretty much exactly where we left off during the snap. Yeah. Yeah. And then Captain Marvel pitches up. And well, hang on, before before we do that, can I just make point one thing out? The the opening Marvel title sequence, you know, where it says mm, Marvel, yeah. and you get all the images and stuff. Did you notice in that all the characters that perished in the snap don't appear? Yes. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. That's. I did not. I was like, before we get into the actual movie, I did like the fact that the. The trailer, because I love it when trailers come out and people go mental, don't they? Oh my god, did you notice this little thing? And did you notice that, you know, so and so is using his right hand, which means that it's not him, it's actually Loki. And, and you get people just go insane on tiny details. That entire trailer was the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yep. That's it. And I fucking I love that. That's what trailers should be. The amount of trailers that just go, oh, I'm just seeing the entire film now. And I loved that. So you can read into it what you want, but truth is, you don't know the film. I was so tempted to go. Dark Phoenix. <laughs> Dark Phoenix, which in one of their trailers revealed the death of one of the main characters. Speaking of not made by fans. Anyway, Stay, staying not, on target. Yeah, so I, I did, I really, really liked that. And yeah, yeah. I, I loved I loved just the... It, it, I was watching the beginning going, this is too easy. Oh, well, they found Thanos. And they're going to... It's like when they've just chopped his head off, I went for the head. Great, great line. Great line. line. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, I thought we'd see more Thanos in this film. And we did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the fact as well that the way that they did, they didn't resolve the Tony Steve Civil War thing straight away. Mm. No. And it's still like the opposite. Of In it. fact, I really liked it when they brought Tony back and yeah. he's like, yeah, put a suit of armour around the entire world. I need to remember somebody suggesting that. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and the whole thing. But it's interesting as well that the first person that helps Tony off the ship is Steve. Of course mm. it's Steve. And, uh, but Tony's first response is, I couldn't save the kid. I couldn't save the kid. And it's just like, and but it's just like there's bigger fish to fry. Because of course, at that point, but then instantly he's like, I still hate you. Yeah. Mm. And at that point, Tony doesn't know about the snap unless Captain Marvel's told him because he knows what happened to Doctor no, Strange and to Peter. No, but I think Nebula he, says he did it. He, he did it. Uh, yeah. yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did know what they're trying to stop. You know, just know about Pepper and... and apparently, as well, the the bit when Tony when he's amazingly. CG'd yeah, into incredible emaciated Tony. The bit when he turns to Steve and like, he, he like rips the, the thing off his chest yeah. and hands it to him and he turns to Steve and just goes, Liar! Yeah. yeah. Was improvised by Robert Downey Jr. Was it? Yeah. It's really good. Mm. Robert Downey Jr. is a phenomenal actor. Yeah. He is. But he's nice to look at. <laughs> Even when he's emaciated. He's, he's not emaciated. he's not America's ass. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've got that written down here just as ass. <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, so we get that start. And, and then we get the the longest pause, which yeah, says five, five years, years later. later. I was expecting maybe five months later. Five years. That's a, so this whole movie is set, yeah, after the first ten minutes or so, it's set in 2023. Yes. That's the first time they've set a movie in the future. Mm. Um, but it doesn't matter because their future is, hasn't, is so different because of the snap. Well, I mean, like. I'm guessing, obviously, there aren't enough people around to advance technology. Though. Yeah. I'm guessing so corp- nothing changes. Corp- like corporations have, have probably stopped. Who? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't need to make as many cell phones, so therefore, cell phone technology probably doesn't. And the thing is, you know, as they said, it's like, well, we, he, he's he's killed 
half of all life. It's like, well, it wouldn't be half, would it? Because, and, and this has been a discussion, like, what about the people that weren't snapped, but they were in a plane at the time? Yeah, it's and more than that. that got yeah, well, because we see, we see, don't we see, then, like, plane, plane crashes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then, it's awful to say, but what about how, the many pe- how many suicides would there have been after that snap? Hmm. And that's an awful thing to say, but would hmm. they have counted yeah. towards... Well, and yeah. also, but also, how many suicides were there because of the snap? But no, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. people who'd lost everything. And that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's all become rogue. It was totally, it was totally random. It was, it's yeah. not like because a lot of people have been talking about uh, Peter Parker's classroom. It's just like, you know, how is it that? Oh, isn't it convenient that all of his friends from the first film have got snapped, and so therefore they're coming back in from home? It's like it wasn't done like that. It was done completely random. And when when something is random, you expect clusters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people, people, like people think people think that if you do something randomly, that means. If you disappeared, then we'd all be safe. Yeah. yeah. But actually, no, because you'd have to plan that. If this podcast goes quiet very quickly, we've all been snapped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also, I mean, it was what? It was four-fifths or five-sixths of the Guardians of the Galaxy all got snapped. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, poor Rocket. And yet, bizarrely, all of the original Avengers somehow didn't. So, yeah, yeah it's it's because it's the way the writers wanted it. Yeah. yeah. So. Love- um, th- but, th- yeah, that, that, that five-year... I, I love that we saw that... You know, it wasn't that half the universe disappeared and the other half just carried on. Yeah. yeah. It was that half the universe disappeared and the other half was utterly distraught. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and some support group at the beginning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, some yeah. people were more effective than others. I mean, because we see, you know, Steve is running the support group, and I wonder how much of that is because that's what Sam would have done. Yeah, there was oh, definitely. And I thought, thought about that. I thought that, that was a reference, surely, to Winter Soldier. I think that Sam's... was definitely a callback to Winter Soldier. And it's yeah, that's, a, that's how he honours his friend. And yet, it's Peggy that he talks about during mm. the time as well and doesn't yeah. even mention Bucky. Yeah. Um, but actually, that makes sense to a degree on a couple of levels for a couple of reasons. First of all, I love you, Steve. I really do. But Steve if, Rogers, if, you, if you and Lizzie both disappeared, I'd be much more upset about Lizzie. Of yeah. course, yeah. that's the one. That's that's the one I would talk about in the support group. Yeah. Uh, well, so the that, but also, Bucky died before Steve went into the ice, so he'd had time to sort of come to turn. Bucky died. Sorry, I'm making silent air quotes now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Steve saw Bucky die before he went into the ice, so he'd started to come to terms with that. He knew Bucky was dead. Yeah. Whereas, he was expecting to see Peggy. He was looking forward to seeing Peggy. Well, and also he had time with Peggy after yeah. he thawed out as well. So, so there's that. Well, <laughs> we'll come to that. Um, so, so I get that. I I didn't notice at the time, but appreciated when somebody pointed it out to me that um, the person who speaks in the support group um, talks about having lost his husband. Yes. Uh, which I really liked. When, I didn't notice it at the time, but when it was pointed out to me, oh, yeah, that's cool. Did make a big thing of it. Um, and then they went and spoiled it by trumpeting all over the place. That, the first openly gay character in the MCU! And I said, no. Who was trumpeting about that? Uh, it was all over. A lot of people were. A lot of people made a big thing out of it. The, the point is... No, that's, it, not, that's not impressive. That's not... Yeah. But the thing is that in, in it was, the film... Is, is, what are the, is, is this from responses? Yeah, it was from the studio. Oh, the studio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They finally acknowledge that there's a gay person who doesn't have a name and lasts one scene. Yeah. Um, and and it, but he's played by one of the directors. And he's played by one of the directors. Yeah. But also in that scene, there's a... An Jim Starlin. Yeah, an old gentleman who is the creator of Thanos. Um, yeah. Oh, I, and I, th- I think Jim Starlin gets a ca- uh, cameo in there See, as well. I was about yeah. to say the thing that I liked about that scene is that that 
what that man uh, said, it didn't feel lackluster. Um, mm. It actually felt real. Mm. Um, when he said, oh, we went out to dinner, and he started crying. And, and I, then started, then I crying. started crying. And then we're going to go on another date. And it's the thing that I quite liked about that is that at first it felt re- realistic, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. you see it in other films, especially other superhero films, and they kind of hint at it, or they do like a staple yeah, version yeah. of trauma or grief. But that felt like something... Like this is it. It felt real. Yeah. It felt well, like this is somebody who had or, was dealing with grief, and and it does come like really suddenly. Yeah, as it well, felt real to me. And yeah. then suddenly you get on with it, and some people may find that really strange, but that is actually it's that, it's, it's humans kind of adapting to it, and but it's still there. That and and every human in their own way. And they just mm. learn to, to cope with it, and then get on with your day. I think well. we'll, I think we'll get into more of the whole grief kind of side of it when we get to talk about Thor. Can I? Can I? Yes. Just, I've got a, can I, I just say? Yeah, I think go for Chris it. Hemsworth gave the performance of his career yeah, in this yeah. film. We are, we're going to come. We're going to come. I just want to just before I forget this point uh, in relation to our guy who was trying to get back into dating. Mm. An awful lot of people are going to have some very awkward conversations after the unsnap. Oh God, yeah. Because I'm guessing because, some because people will have moved. Five on. years is a long time. Yeah. yeah. People will have formed new relationships yeah. and. So, and I'm then, hoping this may be something that they'll address in Far From Home or from a, maybe. other Maybe. Well, and actually, again, in Far From Home, not everyone in Spider-Man's class got snapped. So some of them are wow. now in their early 20s and yeah, starting yeah. college. Yeah. And, and, you know, and if, if your best friend, if your best friend when you were 15 is suddenly five years older than you, mm. that's a mindful. Because yeah, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a hugely important five years. But don't forget the people that snapped back heroes so it's not just i'm just going to bring everybody right back to the moment to where they were the moment that they were snapped out of existence <laughs> yeah otherwise you'd have people appearing in middle yeah, yeah. No, they were snapped back into, it's, it's been it's, snap, snap, them, said, they, snap them back and snap them back safely yeah they were snapped and back then safely. there's other people sort of saying well now obviously they only had enough resources for half the population so it's now doubled so therefore now everybody's really sort of like not necessarily because they could have also snapped back more resources as well. You don't. Yeah. You I think don't, Tony. Yeah, Tony's smart enough. You don't know what they've actually snapped when. Yeah, they, the two they, people who snapped were Tony and Bruce, yeah. and they're both smart enough to figure that shit out. Yeah, I, I, I just assume that's taken care of. Yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah, show me what the thought. Well, it wasn't just thought, really. What What I've loved about the MCU in general, particularly Iron Man three, and Endgame, is that um, particularly the men like are not okay. So, so Iron Man at the mm. end of Avengers goes through a warm a wor- a wormhole, a wormhole. A wormhole. I'm sure it was quite warm too. Oh dear. Oh no, that's the Ant Man Thanos thing. Yeah. Goes through a wormhole Ooh. with a nuke, expecting to die, and then he sees this in the other dimension or whatever. You can't do that and be okay, and he's yeah, not. So in Iron Man three, he's having panic attacks. He's he's got anxieties. He's really freaking out. Well, and and, and it also there. then leads into a well, exactly, yeah. no reason he, he says yeah. he says to Pepper, I'm a hot mess. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And and then and it, it came even into this. It was like, you know, Thanos has been in my head for six years. I can't rest. And that was the heartbreaking thing when he when he died. Yeah. Like, you can rest now. Because he hasn't been able to. And it's exactly the same with Thor. Thor has arguably lost more than anyone else. You know, he lost his yeah. mum, he lost his brother a few times. He lost his dad. He lost his entire home world. He lost half the people that he'd saved. And he had the chance to 
He had the chance to save everyone. He and had the chance, and he failed. didn't go for the head. So therefore, he failed. He feels like a failure, and as a result, he is—he's got panic attacks and he's got anxiety. Yeah. And, and because he's—and it, and it's brilliant to see. And as a result of that, he eats and he yeah. drinks too much and he gets fat because that's what people do. I mean, he's got—he's got classic depression. Yeah, yeah. It's, cla- it's classic. Yeah. I mean, I—I—I'm I, not a psychiatrist, mm. uh, but I've had it. I know a lot of people have had it. I, mm. I, I know which one I see it. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. And there's something else I love, mm. actually, is that he's Eeyore. Aww. He's exactly like Eeyore mm-hmm. in that he's depressed. Mm. He's not coping particularly well. He's—he's he's, he's isolated himself. He's—he's mm-hmm. he's eating wrong. He's, you know. But his friends yeah. are supporting him, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're not—they, you know, they're not pushing him too hard. They're just letting him know that they are there, mm. and he still gets invited to stuff. Yeah, it's interesting though because there's 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 been an awful lot of the whole fat shaming Thor that, that, that happened, and the second time I saw it, I actually realised mm, actually Hemsworth doesn't do that. No, he doesn't. Not all. at all. No. Um, no, none of the jokes at his expense are about him being fat. There's one line, which is when Rhodey says cheese whiz. And it's like, <laughs> but yeah. that's a reference to what he's eating, not yeah. typically because he's fat. Well, it's it's kind of a, that's a bit of a, I think that's maybe... Also, the, he is really fat, so... Yeah, but There are a couple of things that I really liked about that, and that I liked in the moment, and the more I think about them, I like them more. Mm. Because what I think they would have done a few years ago, is they would have done the fat Thor joke. Mm. And he'd have been depressed and drinking too much. And, and, the whole fat. and then he would have, they would have persuaded him to come back. Mm. And he'd have gone, time to save the world. Or yeah. something. And he'd have picked up the hammer and held it aloft. And there'd have been lightning. And he'd have been ripped. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And they didn't do that. Yeah. He picked up his hammer, put on a tracksuit top, and said... Yeah, like, come on then, let's yeah. get it sorted. But then, but then when he and did, but then when he did get the lightning, it patted his beard. That was amazing <laughs> when he patted his beard. He looked awesome. There was a great line I read, and I liked this. And it said, you know, because he there's that bit where he gets me on you, and I don't think Stormbreaker's got the whole worthy thing. No, it's only no. It's Stormbreaker's just bad. Neil still comes to him. It's like your depression does not make you any less worthy. Yeah, well, and oh, he says, I love that. He actually says, still worthy yeah. Yeah, still and you can see he lifts just a yeah. little bit from that and the, the heartbreaking thing I think you know for, for who is uh, you could see as the manliest Avenger with the, the abs yeah. and the body he's the one who buys into the macho bullshit if yeah, you're going to have a macho much. Avenger yeah. it's him because even as, as the big guy he's still you know when, when he's got Mjolnir and uh, Cap yeah. Scott yeah. you have the little one you have the little one he's still that this big guy who's suffering depression he really really wants his mum yeah. Like when he sees his mum, it's just like uh, that's, and you know, you can't take that away from. from no, I think, I think what was interesting as well is in this movie, Rene Russo has more lines of dialogue yeah. than she ever had they in, in, in the other, in the other two films. Oh, yeah. The great thing about that scene, though, is that it treads the line between tragedy and comedy really yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not crying. I'm totally crying. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe have a salad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. But no, because I love. I love the, I love the arc that all of these bits give Thor, because he is the the most prideful of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's the strongest of. And he's the strongest yeah. strongest Avenger. He's a judge. Um, and and yeah, early on when we see you know, the the first move, the first Thor movie is all about his arrogance. He's cast in down to earth mm. and has his hammer removed. Um, 
Or the evening before his coronation, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because of his pride. Because because in his pride, he goes and starts a war with Frost Giant. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's, it's to humble him. And, yeah, he saves the day at the end of Thor by learning to be humble, by putting things above himself. Yeah. But even when we get to the Age of Ultron, when they're doing the game, when they're all trying to lift the hammer, yeah. and Cap almost does. Um, and I love that Joss Whedon's tweeted out that, yeah, Cap could have, but didn't because he didn't want to hurt Thor's feelings. Yeah, steal Thor's thunder. <laughs> Which is such. Oh, I'm so funny. You are. It's such it's such a, a, a Steve Rogers thing to do as well. Oh, yeah. And, and you see when Cap nearly picks it up, you know, Thor kind of looks a bit nervous and, <laughs> and then he can't and he looks relieved. And no, nothing. You get that epic moment in the final battle where oh. Cap takes Mjolnir. Oh, well, oh. The Captain Hammer moment. Yeah. <laughs> My fists are not the hammer. <laughs> In this case, the hammer is the hammer, folks. It's yeah. fine. And Thor's reaction to that is, I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. And yeah, the thing is, he's not. And there's no hint of, and, of jealousy or anything. And he's okay. And he's been through hell to get there. Mm. I mean, what happened with Thanos? Completely broken. Mm -hmm. But then we get that, and then he goes back to new Asgard. Asgard. Yeah. I was going to call it Valhalla. Um, he goes back to New Asgard and he tells Valkyrie that she needs to be the king because she's yeah. good at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I presume he's going off to be in the Guardians now. The Asgard of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And I, I love the arc mm. they gave to him. I, I, I think it, it's completely earned and yeah. it totally respects something that they didn't acknowledge until Ragnarok. Which that Chris Chris Hemsworth is just bloody funny. Yeah, he is he's very he's very, very good. Yeah, he might look like an action hero, but he's yeah. a comedian. But he can also do. There's that beautiful scene in, in Infinity War when he's talking to Rocket, when he sort of says, you know, what you got any friends? I oh, know he was killed. What about a brother? No, he's dead. Mother? No, dead. Father? No, dead. And it's that thing of you know, yeah. it's okay, you know, these these revenge is good motivators. Mm -hmm. and, and what else can I lose? And, he, and he's, it's really emotional. And he, and he cries, yeah. He's he like, cries. yeah, yeah. He shows so he, it. Yeah, he's got a hell of a rage. It's, I, I think it's brilliant. I love the fact as well that New Asgard, as we're told in the movie, is somewhere in Norway. Yeah. But was filmed in Scotland. But was filmed in Scotland. And there's a little giveaway, which is when Thor's sitting down, there's a bottle of Iron Brew yeah. next to him as well. Yeah. I don't think Iron Brew is that readily available in Norway. Somebody, somebody on the set dressing is a... Oh, this is Norway, is it? <laughs> that was not a Scottish accent. But apparently the town that they filmed it in... Ian's going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've kept the, the new Asgard sign, and it now says twinned with new Asgard. Oh, you would. That's yeah, very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Just one thing on the... Um, and can I just, sorry, you go for Sorry, that. just because, just, 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 again, because I'll forget. Yeah. I appreciate I'm talking over you and I apologise. Um, but no, that town, it's the same town where the Red Skull finds the Tesseract. Is it really? In First Avenger. Ah. Yeah. Isn't that supposed to be Germany? No, it's in no, Norway. No, it's in Norway. Yeah. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah in the church. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's been a lot of people having a bit of a piss and a moan about, oh, well, you know, Steve might be able to lift Mjolnir, but how can he summon the lightning? And, of course, it's on the, it's the inscription on Mjolnir. Whoever, yes. whoever, whoever, whoever is worthy whoever, shall... Whoever lifts his yes. hammer, if, he be, if, if <laughs> they be worthy, they kept the, uh, yes. they kept the power of neutral. Shall possess the power shall of Thor. Shall possess the power, power yeah, of Thor. So he possesses the power of Thor. It doesn't mean he becomes Thor, it just means he has the power of Thor. Yeah, because yeah. so yeah. people got a bit... And there's a whole 40, 50 issue run of The Mighty Thor, mm. where Jane Foster has the power of Thor for mm. that very reason. Yeah. Oh, cool. I always, At no point does she become Thor. She's... Jane Foster, with the power of Thor. Yeah. I always thought in the the, uh, the the original Avengers movie, 
the I, when, before it came out, I was like, there's clearly going to be a, a bit when Thor gets knocked down and Steve picks up the hammer and just hands it to him and then goes back off into battle. That would have been equally cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they obviously then save that for Vision in Age of Ultron, where, it's, where he just nonchalantly just hands the hammer yeah. to Ben. And I love Tony Stark's reaction to that. Yeah, and that was such such a, a powerful moment. But there was also another little callback, which is when Thor and Iron Man first fight each other uh, in Avengers, and Thor blasts Iron Man with lightning, and then you find out that he's been charged by 300%. Yes. And it's like, well, that's clearly going to come back and, and do something. And it didn't in Avengers, and then it didn't in Age of Ultron, and then it didn't in Infinity War, but then it did in, in, yeah. in games. Like, you know, Thor charged me up, and he does. Mm. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, they, they clearly have been practising... Yeah, Cap has clearly been watching Thor's moves yeah. because a lot of the, the the battle sequences and a lot of the fight styles that he that he has where he's got the hammer is exactly he fights like Thor. Thor. There, there's yeah. a few more sequences over the movies of Thor of, of Thor and Cap fighting together. There's, there's one in Age of Ultron where he just puts the shield and he just flips his hammer and smacks the shield. And yeah, takes him. But there's another one I think where he kind of bounces the shield and then smacks it with the hammer and it flies. Yeah, on and, and it just looks cool. And Cap does that as well, doesn't he? Against. Thanos, he throws the shield and throws the hammer so it hits behind, and the yeah. force of that knocks yeah. Thanos forward. So, I think, weren't we supposed to be going chronologically through the Yeah, but we just want to do I think, yeah, that, that plan's not working, so but we'll shred that. Shall we, shall we just take a character at a time and talk about I, her after? I think, gosh, we've, 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 we've talked... I think one of the... We've talked a bit and about... And then we'll talk about the need, final battle. We need, to, we need to come back to that. I think we need to talk about Natasha. Yeah. Because that is oh. very important. Yeah. Well, I think you and I might have differing opinions. Right, okay. Do you know what? Well, that just judging by your face. It just broke my heart. Oh, okay. That's right, because it's pissed off a lot of people and I don't get it, I think. Are you talking about Tasha? Let's talk about Tasha. Well, I'm not going to say, oh, that's misogynistic. Yeah. Because it's... Are you talking about her death? Her death, yeah. And it's not something that I'm going to say, oh, does it make narrative sense? Because yeah. it's, I, I, I can't see how it does or doesn't. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you think they fridged her? No. No. No, that was not fridging. No. It was. It, <laughs> I think is it's because I could see why she said just let me go because mm. you've got a family. Even though yeah. your family's gone, yeah. you've got a family that you can still save. Mm. Well, it's, yeah. It's not. Whereas she's as sad it, as it sounds, she's got nobody. If we're going to be technical, it would have been a fridging if she died in order to advance Clint's. Yeah story she didn't she died to advance her own she yeah. died to save her friend who had yeah. saved yeah. her she didn't yeah. want Hawkeye yeah. to turn into her yeah. all the way back to Avengers I've got red in my lanyard exactly yeah. I'd like to put something yeah. straight plus also yeah. and this is from another podcast that I listened to she was not a nice person the shit she did man the um the other podcast I listened to that was saying about if Hawkeye had died and it would have been Natasha that came back with the soul stone. Only Natasha would have been upset. But you love Natasha because Natasha's got involved True. with Hawkeye, Barry's, Steve Rogers, and Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly, it's not that it's not her death is is fridging to give them more, but her death weighs so much more on them. Her death means so much more. Yeah. And also, no disrespect at all to Jeremy Renner, but. I wouldn't have been upset by the death of, of no, Tim Barton. I, I, I was upset by the death of Natasha. But they've also they spent most of Avengers going, oh, clearly Hawkeye's going to die. Mm-hmm. And then they joked on it in Age of Ultron that clearly Hawkeye's the one that's going to die. He literally bought the farm. Yeah, he bought the farm. He then, yeah. and, they, and then they tease him, oh, here's his wife who's pregnant, and here are his kids. And he's talking about 
when this job's over, I'm going to go back and I'm going to decorate the living room. And you know that that's never going to happen. Yeah. Except for these. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read a, an article and it actually made me angry because it, it, it was it was basically saying that um, that it, it's, it's very sexist that she died and she didn't have to die and she was fridged and and then one of the lines said um, she had to die so Hawkeye could go back to his stupid family. And I was like, what? His three children and his wife. <laughs> do you know that's you know and, and, we've already, we've already and also her death had very nothing to, to do with her gender, doesn't exactly, it? Exactly. No, and as and it was out, Rich, hands, as, as sorry, is it all right? No, go, go, go. Um, as you pointed out. She, as she says in the first Avengers movie, I've got red in my ledger. Yeah. Mm. So what better way for her to, if if it's an act of redemption, what better way to redeem herself is she's, she's, in or to, in by sacrificing herself in yeah. order to save... She's balancing the books. Yeah. <laughs> and also, she was probably the only one that believed in Ant-Man's idea from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. When everyone else is kind of going... Talking about time travel, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Also, if Nat was the only one who was just like, no, this, this, we have to do this. We have to make this right. Yeah. We have to. She was the only one that wasn't letting go of the past. Yeah, if if you look at what was going on in the the bits we saw after the five years, yeah, War Machine was off hunting Clint. Yeah, Clint was off doing whatever he was doing, killing every criminal that had survived the snap. Um, no was holding it together. She was holding everything together. You know, she was being Nick Fury back at base, essentially. Yeah. And it was really clear that she was not moving on. She couldn't. Yeah. It was her and Steve, maybe, couldn't. You know, Tony Stark's off. But at least we know from, yeah. at least we know from the, the conversation that Steve is not living at the compound. She was yeah. the only one that was kind of she's, keeping the home fire burning. Yeah. And you can see she's been sleeping on the sofa. And yeah. on peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah, she can't. And I think she, I think she died. Not, not only so that Clint could go back to his family, but she died to save her family, yeah. which was the Avengers. Which is the Avengers. Yeah. yeah. That's her found family, yeah. and she died for them. Yeah. That's that's the most noble thing a mother exactly. can do for her yeah. kids. And, and it wasn't she, like Hawkeye just went, went, okay, off you go then. Well, I, I loved that fight. I also like. Brilliant. I also like. It has. It had such stakes. Because it's very clear that Clint and Nat love each other. Mm. It's a very deep love that they have for each other. Yeah. He would die for her. She would die for him. Yeah. They were both determined to do that. that. Such a yeah. tense. And so both of them. Both of them trying. But it's worth pointing out. As soon as they started fighting, it was a done deal. Every fight that Hawkeye's had good. with Black Widow, Black Widow wins. Yeah. Always because she's Black Widow, and he's a dude with a bow. Um, so yeah, arguably it, the one in Civil War, she doesn't win, but only because Scarlet Witch comes along and blasts her away. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but, but she, that's she, not, that's he, she, uh, but she says as well, you are pulling your punches. He clearly was not wanting to win. That I just, fight. I just have this problem at the moment where it, I know that we're in this, this society of you can't do or say anything without offending someone. But and I'm all, I'm all for this feminist movement and the you know strong women that we're seeing. However, it seems now that every time you kill a woman or have you know Game of Thrones spoilers. Um, have a woman go a bit insane it's oh well that's just misogynistic and I said no we're still allowed to kill women and have crazy women and, yeah. and angry women well scared. I mean in terms of we can't, we can't just protect every single female character and in terms, of, in terms yeah. of Daenerys in Game of Thrones yeah. it, spoilers for Game of Thrones massive spoilers oh screw Game of Thrones but um, it, it's been growing it, it's, yeah, I mean, 
It's not like madness doesn't famously run in her family. Oh, exactly. It's yeah. not like it's not been foreshadowed. So, Dad yeah. is called the Mad King. I have some problems with that with Game of Thrones, but that's yeah. for another discussion. Yeah, 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 I, sorry, I, Alice. I, I bored Alice to tears yesterday <laughs> with. Oh, please tell the podcast. With a long, a long rant about Game of Thrones, a show I haven't watched in season two. So possibly I will spare you all. Let's yeah. let's, uh, let's save that for the next podcast, Joe. Let's never do a podcast on Game of Thrones. Well, what please. I mean is, it's and, and everything in, in the Marvel universe has evolved over twenty-two movies, and yeah. these character arcs have happened, and and so it's it's not a it's not a rash decision or a no, rash as a woman. I think it's, it's, I was going to say though, um, there's a trope that I that some when when you mentioned oh in this day and age, if you do mm, anything to a woman, yeah. it's um, and. It just reminded me of a trope that a lot of um, extreme feminists mm. uh, get really irked about, mm. which is um, the fe- the sacrificial female or the woman that has to sacrifice herself. It's like, yeah, but that's many male characters yeah. have had to do that. Yeah. Uh, for outlet, I mean, look at the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, also, look at but look if, at Endgame. And if we're going look to at, view Bible as yeah. a novel, look oh at Jesus God. Christ. I mean, I mean, you could <laughs> sorry, argue. Big bit of I, 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 sorry to offend any religious listeners. <laughs> but the Bible's a big pile of shit. Not <laughs> <laughs> Dear God, even I wasn't going to say that. Two of every animal. Well, look, we got the penguins from Antarctica. Stay on sorry. target. <laughs> okay. Look, we're not going to do yeah, a podcast extreme. on the Bible either. <laughs> well, it's extreme, um, it's extreme, I mean, yes, you can say, oh, it's always the sacrificial woman, except Natasha sacrifices herself and it is earned. Mm-hmm. And she's, also it's not always the Yeah, she's earned that right. Later on, Tony Stark also sacrifices yes, himself. And I'm pretty sure and Bruce, that is, Bruce is willing to sacrifice That is himself. also earned. And also, Steve Rogers sacrificed himself in the first Avenger, and it was earned. And yeah. Tony Stark was planning to sacrifice himself yeah. in Avengers, and it was it's earned. It's problematic if you just do it well, for the sake of doing it. Well, Thor went to sacrifice himself in the first Thor movie. It, yeah. it, it's, you know, and, and the, the Guardians of the Galaxy went to sacrifice themselves. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of sacrificing yeah. going on. Yeah, so it's not, just, it's not just the women, it's the trees too. Yeah. No. Oh, speaking we, of the trees. We are Groot. Speaking of the trees, how come from Thanos' snap, half of plant life didn't get dusted as well? Um, I headcanon that simply is when when Thanos is talking about all life, it doesn't mean all life. He means sentient. He life. means sentient life. He either means sentient life or he means animal life. Right. Um, because I think he regards plants as a resource. Mm-hmm. And I know that makes it complicated when you get to group species. Yeah. Um, and group was snapped, so maybe he meant sentient. I sentient. think we probably don't need to overthink it all too much. Because somebody was no, saying, we must. Somebody was saying, yeah. how, is it the, <laughs> how is it the Avengers lawn is like 100%? Shouldn't it should, should the grass? Do you know what? Well, I'm careful with that. Can fuck right. It's a resource. Yeah, it's a resource. It's oversimplistic to Sorry, say. Fish, oh, fish oh, in the sea. Okay. Not, not sentient. I wouldn't be sure about the dolphins in the world. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that was oh my, my next question. Oh, my God. Um, Should we talk about Cat or Iron Man next? I'm, I'm Team Iron Man. I, so think, I think we've done... Hang on, we've done... We've done Tasha. We've, we've done Thor, we've done that. We've done a lot... As a, a final thought regarding Natasha, one from another, another discussion about Endgame, um, somebody for work said, oh, are they still doing that Black Widow movie even though she's died now? So oh, yeah, yeah, but it's a prequel. Yeah, They've but, never done prequels. Is it, though? We know nothing yeah, about it. Said it's I'm assuming it's, yeah. it's going to be an origin. Is it even actually happening, or was it just a ruse? Oh, no, it's it's, oh, it's, it's still happening. It's, 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 it's got a cast, it's got a director. 
is it definitely going to be Natasha Romanoff? Yeah. Well, it's are we, are we sure? Piss a lot of no, yeah, no, because it it's, it's definitely it's definitely Scarlett Johansson. Um, is I, it? Could I, it maybe be taking place during the five? We, we have no idea. I, I think they're going to set it during the five years. I because I, I think if they made it a prequel, there's two issues. That one is there's no peril. With all prequels, it's like, well, I know what's going to happen to them, therefore. Mm, you know what's going to happen to that. But... but also, it's the whole point of, didn't they make the movie with um, Jennifer Lawrence? Oh, Red Sparrow. Sparrow, yeah. Sparrow, which was basically... Black Widow. Black yeah, Jones. I think, I think um, either they'll set it in the five-year gap, and I think there's a lot of scope for setting things in that five years. Mm-hmm. I'm quite excited by that I five have years. To, yeah, I have to admit, there was, I, I know they wouldn't have time in Endgame, but I wanted to see more of how the planet was coping. Yeah, I think, like I think last man or I think that's where that's where Agents of Shield would kind of oh, yeah, that's come true. in. And yeah, there was also like, all kinds of TV. There's that, or um, they can just set it before the snap, um, which is doable. It could be maybe maybe it'll be called Budapest, and we'll find out what the fuck happened in Budapest. <laughs> that's that that Tell was me. that was my first thought. My thought about that is that we heard that we first heard about Budapest. Uh, in yeah. Avengers, yeah. which is what, 2012? Yeah. So it's already five years ago, oh. and Budapest is something that happened in the past from there. But I'm guessing that's when her and Hawkeye first teamed up. Yeah. So maybe it's going to be that. That would be cool. I'm, I'm down, I'm it down for that. It would be anything we don't know. There, is, there is one other thing they could do, and I'm, I'd really like them to do this. It would, it would probably piss people off who don't read the comics, because it's such a MacGuffin. Um, but in the comics, if your soul is taken by the soul gem, mm-hmm. it goes into the soul gem. Oh, yes. Well, that's they do that. And in, becomes part of Soul World. They do that in Infinity oh. War, don't they? Because when Thanos does the snap, he then has a conversation with young Gamora. Uh, but when Bruce, yes. when Bruce does his snap, I would have imagined we would have then have seen a scene with Bruce either as Hulk or as. Bruce Banner, mm. just as Mark Ruffalo, having a conversation with Natasha. Oh, just as they then filmed a scene when Tony does the snap, he then has a conversation with his adult daughter because they cast somebody and they talked to Aphrodite about it, and those were cut. So we may yeah. we may see them on the on the Blu-ray we're making. So, so I would imagine that Nat is in sorry, the Soulstone. I've just found out some information about. Are you <laughs> are you Google? Oh. Um, so so oh. apparently should t- take part. Pa- pa- yeah. Take place really? after Captain America Civil War, oh, apparently. Okay. According to Sebastian okay. Stan. So that's oh. when she's kind of going on the run with. Yeah. And she's oh, cool. she But made... this is only according to Sebastian Stan. I mean, she could be a liar. Or it could all be against subterfuge. Well, and also, actually, if he says it's set after Captain America Winter Soldier. Civil War, Civil War, War. sorry. If it's set after Civil War. It could still be set in that five years. That's that would it would still it's be still true. Post Civil War, yeah. It would still be true that it was post Civil War. That might be a, a true but misleading statement here's in order qu- to wind up fans. Here's a question going towards the end of the movie. We know that Steve goes quantum leaping around to mm-hmm. return the Oh no, can we come back to that at the end? Well, hang on, should should we just but, talk but, about but one of them is he has to return the Soulstone. Which means by returning the Soulstone, does that mean he can No, that's not it's, it's, it's non, no refunds. <laughs> but it's gonna be him he versus Red Skull. He's going to have... So that's something that... No, that's the point. See. He's him versus Red Skull. Red Skull is so getting punched in that encounter. So... Hopefully, yeah. hopefully with Monza. There's a meme well. about that when Red Skull sees him and just goes, Stephen, son of a bitch, you're still alive! <laughs> <laughs> but 
thought maybe there's a way that there's some kind of negotiation there where they can yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Should, should we start? Should we talk, Cap? I, I'm more Iron Man. Yeah, well, I, I, I want to say. I think we want to save Iron Man to last. I can. Yeah. I, I think we should save Cap and Iron Man to last. I'd like to talk a little bit about Professor Hulk. Hulk. Oh. Yes. Because that's something I would have liked to have seen in the five-year gap. Is how he comes to terms. With how that. he gets to that. We know he spent was it six months in a gamma lab doing all these tests and this mm. and the and it's like what that would have been a great scene to have seen. Well, yeah, and because. He he's like Tony. He's not only moved on; his life is better now. Yeah, he's so much happier, isn't yeah. he? He's the happiest you've ever seen him. He's so Bruce is comfortable in his own skin. Yeah. Bruce has found himself. He's doing selfies. Yeah. He's wearing shirts now. And those visual, so much food. Those visual effects are amazing. They are really good. Well, did you well, did you notice as well that one of the things he eats? Is the Ben and Jerry's Hulka Hulka burning fudge ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. No, I, and it sort of makes sense that he's not. I think his motivation for going back and doing the time travel thing is not. He, he's not like Tony. He's not. He's been in my head for six years. And I can't rest. Mm. I think the only reason, and it's not, I can't move on because he has clearly yeah. moved on. I think. His motivation for going back is because Natasha asked him to. Yeah. Um, yeah, you still got that lovely relationship between um, two of them. I mean... Because Joss put that relationship together. Yeah, that, that, He's very good at doing that. That romance, that almost romance between them... Feels yeah. very Joss, though, doesn't I it? I think, yeah, I think it... I think that romance died when she pushed him off the... Yeah, I need the other guy. I need the other guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, think it, I think it died when... Um, Joss Whedon didn't come back for any more... Well, there's that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I, but, you know, in my head... He could, he could never quite just, get over the fact that she, in effect, betrayed him. He didn't want to be the Hulk, and she well, pushed him off. I think as well, they, they clearly had filmed a scene of the two of them together in Wakanda for Infinity War, because there was a shot of them together in the trailer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they clearly would have had a conversation, but it got cut. Yeah. Maybe they had some kind of rekindling during the five years, maybe? Yeah, maybe, or maybe, I think, probably more likely, they're, they're just devoted friends. Mm. You know the the romantic spark you didn't got, quite catch. You got friends. There's still there's still a nice little spark there though. There's oh, there's be, definitely there's definitely some chemistry and, between. And as lovely as he is, you wouldn't want to go out with Professor Hulk. He's a bit terrifying. Yeah. Um, my favourite bit is just the bit where he gives Ant Man his taco back. <laughs> he yeah. just he just comes out and just goes and go and just gives him more filling and just walks off. <laughs> Can I say that also has one of my favourite moments, which is when Rhodey says, "Oh hey, regular sized man." <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, but, uh, so I like Banner's arc. Again, Banner gets a really satisfying arc, yeah, which he's had from, from Ragnarok through. Outstanding. He's just the yeah. best. He is from, from Ragnarok through to I mean, Endgame. Is his arc? We have to. We have to just briefly, very briefly, acknowledge. The only bad Marvel movie. He starts in Incredible Hulk, looking completely differently. The CGI they do in Incredible Hulk to make Mark Ruffalo look like Edward Norton is <laughs> astonishing. Um, they de-aged um, um, Michael Douglas, but they could never replicate that Ed Norton technology <laughs> ever again. <laughs> um, and you know, he's Bruce is angry. The Hulk is really quite cross. Um, and it's it's rage and it's resentment, and Bruce 
in the early movies, in, in a, particularly in Avengers, he's quite resentful. He doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're using me, you're taking advantage of me. Um, well, he's learned not to trust. Yeah. Shield and the government. And then, you know, Age of Ultron, you know, Natasha does the lullaby and he's clearly starting to get some control. Yes, he's, he's, um, he's looking at working on how to actually yeah. work with the Hulk rather than... And then, and then he's off, I mean, we see him in Ragnarok and the Hulk's getting more intelligent and more articulate. And then here we get Professor Hulk. Yeah. And, and he's at peace and he's unified his, the two sides of his personality. And if I can just do the comic geek thing for a second, um, anybody who's reading um, Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk at the moment um, will recognise that... Um, why is everybody whispering? I don't know. <laughs> just, just handing out drinks. If you want to know somebody wants a drink, just ask them. I can always cut it out. Or more well, likely, just leave it in, to be honest. Yeah, well, what would you like to drink, Alan? Can I have some more? Of course you can. What do you want? Um, I'll have to do the other coke. Uh, right. I'm, I'm good, because it's unprofessional to drink on podcast. Oh, well, well. <laughs> That's why we were whispering. <laughs> um, you know, in, in, in game, he's found peace. He's found himself. Um, and yeah, in the it's it's a nice contrast to the current iteration of the Hulk comic, Immortal Hulk, uh, where the writer Al Ewing, aside from turning into a straight up horror book, is really good Immortal Hulk. He's playing now with the idea that Bruce, it's not just Banner and the Hulk. Bruce has dissociative identity disorder. Right. There are lots of personalities in there. And they're not got, all Bruce, and they're not all the Hulk. Because it's like, was it Mr. Joe, Joe Fixit? And yeah. This and the other? Well, he, he is currently Mr. Fixit. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 a really interesting contrast between the version of Banner we've got in the movie now, who's reconciled everything and is at peace. And I, I like that up. If that's the end of his story, that's a good place to end. I think, because obviously... Right at the very end of, of Endgame, obviously, the, the original Avengers all sign off. Literally. Yes. Yeah, they literally sign off. In the yeah. same way that the the original cast of Star Trek did at the end of Undiscovered Country. Do you know, of all the people who were going to get that reference, I knew you'd get that reference. And I think that's what, obviously, that's the, it, is, you, it is a direct reference to Yeah, did you also notice that uh, both movies start with the death of a major character who then comes back at the end? Yes. Um, and somebody... Sacrificing themselves through radi- radiation poisoning to save their friends. Oh, there is that as well. Um, a woman? No, no. it's a man. <laughs> uh, because the Russo brothers are uh, massive Star Trek fans. Yeah. And I believe he's speaking. And it's the whole thing of, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Or the one. Yeah. If, if Tony Stark had said that, it would have been brilliant. Well, I it would. I would have preferred it slight. Yeah, yes, we're not talking about Tony Stark, for God's sake. Not yet. Can we talk about Hawkeye? We won't need to talk about no, it for Hawkeye. There's not a lot to say. First of all, and I know this point's been made by other people, but that's just a dude having a midlife crisis, isn't it? Well, the Mohawk. The Mohawk a tattoo. I love the tattoo. He goes out. Is that typical? His wife's not on the scene anymore, so he goes out, buys some expensive toys, 
gets a gets a radical haircut and a tattoo. Tours, a, tours the world, yeah. But a, uh, yeah, and tours the world. What a cliche. Just needed a sports car. <laughs> I think there's a difference between your wife leaving and losing your entire family very suddenly. Yeah, I suppose so. But it only yes. the and I'm sorry, he does look awesome. Actually, <laughs> no, Renard, Renard does rock that look. He he really does. Does. There I is also like a his, very, his... very nerdy little trivia thing here, which is in when Hawkeye joined the Avengers, gave up the Hawkeye mantle quite quickly and the first Goliath, the first kind of giant man after Hank Pym. So in in Endgame, one of the first people then to test out Pym particles was Hawkeye. Yes, it was. He's then the guinea pig. uh, That's a, a, I had missed that. I thank you. As Steve would say, I understand that reference, (laughs) but I I had missed it. The thing I loved about Hawkeye and Tasha actually, particularly in the first Avengers movie and throughout, is you've got and it's mentioned by Hawkeye's wife, isn't it? You've got these gods, these super soldiers and super smart people, and mm. a literal god. How can these people, who are fair and are very skilled, but how can these people have such a big role? And they do, they've got pivotal roles. Over all the characters in the Avengers, Clint is the one with the least explanation. Yeah. How the hell does Clint Barton do Because in the comics, there's an element of superpower there. Okay. I think in, in the Ultimate Universe, he is... So it is, he, he's essentially like bullseye, he can't miss. Yes, yeah. there's, there's an element of super, I mean, you see, um, I haven't read that much Hawkeye, actually, because when I was a kid, and I was getting into comics, Hawkeye was the lamest Avenger with the lamest costume, by some considerable distance. His costume distance. is pretty terrible. Uh, we just wear it anymore. That's, how bad, that's how bad his costume is. He doesn't even wear it in the comics anymore. But the Hawkeye I am familiar with is Kate Bishop. Oh. Uh, because I read her stuff because she's written by Kelly Thompson, who is awesome. Uh, and Kate Bishop is also awesome. Everyone should have read the Red West Coast Avengers and it wouldn't have got cancelled. Was she on. also a hooker from the Young Avengers? Yes. Yeah. And when she's doing her bow and arrow thing. You're miming again. <laughs> I am. I was, I was miming pulling a bow and arrow. Uh, when she's doing her bow and arrow thing, um, it's shown in the. we. Sometimes they show what she's seeing through her eyes, yeah. and it sort of suggests that she has sort sort of super targeting ah, abilities and right, stuff. Yeah. And she's she's got you know better perception and better hand-eye yeah. coordination than a normal person. Um, well, there is something. There's one line in Civil War that kind of gives away that Hawkeye might have kind of enhanced abilities because he says to Iron Man, mm. "Oh, what, you know, how are you enjoying your time?" And he goes, "Well, you know, played eighteen, shot eighteen. So like, he's the world's greatest golfer." Yeah, yeah. Really so kind of, kind of, yeah, kind of would indicate that he is enhanced. Yes, he's got he's enhanced in some way. Yeah. And in which case, why are you being an Avenger? Why aren't you now the world's greatest golfer? Because <laughs> he doesn't want to be. Well, he could be he a could millionaire. Also, he could also be an Olympic archer. By the way, your 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 mime of archery was clearly fun. playing a harp. I don't know, it was more like stroking a very long cat. It was such a gentle drawback. But that's that how you do it. So, stroking a very long cat. That's, that's how you do it. It should be a I know, but it was, it, was, it was a bit too limp. Stroking a limp cat. A long limp cat. <laughs> a long limp cat. That's how you become Oh, is that, uh, you know what? that is probably the title of the podcast. There's a couple of bits in Avengers, in the first Avengers of, of Hawkeye, that I just went, when he's in the Battle of New York... And one is where he shoots without even looking. And yeah, which again suggests enhancement. Yeah. And then it's the other bit where he shoots one. He shoots one of the aliens about an inch away. Point blank for the bow and arrow. It's just the ridiculousness of that. Just twang. You know. It would just be just a stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> and also the fact that, you know, I showed up with, what, 12 arrows. But that's, that's why I think he's a better archer than Legolas. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. Legolas does stab people in the eye with his arrows. Yes. Hawkeye won't stick to that. He damn well shoots them. No. 
But at least they do give Hawkeye some credit. You actually do see him collecting his arrows. That is true. Yes. New York, so yeah. it's not like he's just and he, using. And yeah, I do love his because a standalone, as you say, he's a very two-dimensional character. There's nothing really much to well, him. We know, we know almost nothing about yeah, him. His relationship with Tasha just adds a dimension to him, and I love that relationship and his relationship with Scarlet Witch with um, what's her name? Elizabeth Olsen. No, the the character. Wanda Max. Wanda. Thank you. Her relationship, his relationship with her, I think is beautiful. Yeah, it's almost like a fatherly. Yeah, well, exactly. That's why he's clearly the dad. Yeah. Well, he is because he's a father of three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And Jeremy, I I wonder how much of his own sort of experience he brings into that. Mm. Jeremy, if I'm remembering this correctly, Jeremy. Jeremy Renner. That dude that plays Hawkeye. The guy that strokes long cats. I'm never living that down, am I? No. But I think Jeremy Renner. Why can't I say that? Just said it. True. Is he? Is he not a single dad? I think so. He's a single dad of a daughter, isn't he? I think so. I yeah. I seem to rem- I seem to remember in, he had, he had an anecdote in a podcast interview that I heard. I forget with whom. It was probably on Ferris actually. But he was he was talking. I, I, he was talking about the the makeup artists on the set of one of the films he's been in. I forget he which one. He used to be a makeup artist. Thought he was hanging out at strip joints because they were forever having to clean glitter out of places. Oh, right. And it's because he's a single dad of a daughter who plays with glitter a lot. <laughs> um, that's brilliant. Oh, that's that's a manly thing. That's very attractive. Uh, so, so he, I, he, also, he also used to be... Uh, he was a makeup artist, artist, wasn't he? Because yeah. um, Chris Pratt used to be a hairdresser. Yes, he did. <laughs> Getting them up there in makeup. And, fabulous. you know, I, I think he brings that very fatherly, gentle, mm. fa- gently fatherly yeah. presence to also, the Avengers. Also, yeah. you see, it, it's, it's not a... It's a strength in him. It's not a weakness to be yeah. a fatherly. And it's carry. a quiet strength. It's, he's not. Yeah. I was going to say he was paternal, but he's not, because mm. that suggests that suggests um, Howard Stark mm. is a very paternalistic figure. Yeah. He's a very gentle, fatherly figure. Exactly like Tony Stark is. Yeah. Well, to a, a bit harder, especially on Peter Parker. But Peter Parker's clearly a son figure to him. And then yes. he's like, Whoa, my God, with his daughter, I love it. Go to sleep or I'll sell all your toys. <laughs> and it's, it's the bit where you can say, oh, I've got shit to do. He tells her off the same shit where you don't have shit to do. All right, so we've discussed Thor, we've discussed Natasha, we've discussed Hulk, we've discussed Hawkeye. Rocket. Rocket. Bill Mantlow notwithstanding. This is going to take us a long How, time. We have to, I have to, can we talk about Rocket and Ant-Man together? Because Rocket and Ant-Man, because actually, no, we'll talk about Rocket really quickly because there's not a lot to say, I don't think. Yeah. And, it turns out, I was right. There wasn't. And you will get to hear what it was we didn't have to say about Rocket Raccoon in the next instalment, next Wednesday. Until then, be kind to yourself, be kind to everybody else, and above all else, assemble. Thank you for listening to the Geeks at the Gate podcast. us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geeks at the gate or contact us on Twitter at geeks at the gates or contact us by email on mail for geeks at the gates at gmail.com that is the number four not the word geeks at the gates is a production of Venus Rising Media and is proudly made in Yorkshire <laughs>